Joker. You say such beautiful things. Oh, you're so powerful. And purple. Oh, I love, I love, I love. Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. in a fight matt batman versus superman well isn't the joke always that superman would kill him immediately not really how would superman not win well it's been documented in the dark knight returns you know that batman can overcome superman because he's so smart (sighs) i don't buy it well they're gonna fight in batman versus superman so of course we'll see maybe what will be the official outcome of that matchup which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I gotta admit, you're a bigger Batman Superman guy than I am. Yeah. I did watch the trailer. And it looks like Batman wears sort of like a giant robot suit. <laughs> he does. He totally looks like a robot. Like an anime robot at yeah. that. So that means I have to see it. Because <laughs> you know there's going to be like a, a robot Batman kaiju fighting somewhere in Staten Island soon. Totally. And plus like... I'm going to want that action figure when it comes out, so I guess I should know where it comes from. I've got a uh, 12-inch one of those. Oh, I, I, that, okay, that didn't sound... That didn't come out the Yeah, way. I'm like, what? <laughs> so what are they calling this uh, robot Batman suit? Uh, I don't know if it has a name. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this. If, if Kenner was still around today, that motherfucker would have a name. It would be like the anti-Superman suit. The ASS, the ASS, they're not going to, that's not what they're going to call it. Uh, It's one of these movies where, like you said, you're not a huge DC fan. It's one of these movies that kind of divides the fans because a lot of people are Marvel fans and a lot of people are DC fans. And it just takes a different type of person, I think, to go to a DC movie. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you got to say, like, I, I like more Marvel stuff, but I don't feel like I have brand loyalty. Mm -hmm. For you, as someone that's in this whole DC fan universe, what is the consensus on this movie? You know, I have to say, it's kind of sad to be a part of the DC fan universe because everybody's so embarrassed by the output from DC uh, movies and stuff. You know, not Nolanverse, because a lot of people obviously like worship the Nolanverse, but I think fans are a little bit like scared trepidatious trepidatious yeah well on the other hand though i feel like uh the mcu isn't as revered as it once was really because i think they're like bigger than ever they're you know just premiering daredevil season two they got civil war coming out so they're at like the top right now uh oh i just mean like there was a point in it in all those movies that everybody loved every single last thing about them Mm -hmm. 
And now it's more like everyone just can't wait to find that one unique thing to complain about. Yeah. The, the world is just ready just to critique everything. Yeah. So maybe this is going to work in DC's favor in this ridiculous looking movie with Bat Robot. <laughs> Bat Robot. <laughs> well, it's one of those things that if it does work in DC's favor, then we're going to see Aquaman, Wonder Woman. We got Suicide Squad on the way. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of big stuff happening. But there was a time, though, when fans weren't as divided. And that was the summer of 1989 when Batman came out. Biggest movie ever at that point. It was huge. It was epic. It was like nothing we ever saw before. And the majority of people who went to see that movie all were like in love with it. it well, was... especially people like us. You were nine. I was 10. Yep. Like people our age just turned into like just completely obsessed lunatics about Batman. Yeah. Anything with a bat symbol on it was like huge sellers. You would walk around the mall. Everything would have a bat signal. It was insane. There was bat sneakers. And bat even if you haircuts. couldn't afford that shit, you just get a blanket and like wrap it around you and this is like da, na, na, na. <laughs> Yes. Daddy Elfman with that score. Man, it was huge. It took everything over. And this is a reason to celebrate that movie being that Batman versus Superman is coming out. And I would say personally, just from my standpoint, this is by far my favorite Batman movie. It's my second favorite, but it probably meant the most to me when mm -hmm. it was out. Yeah. I know what your first favorite is. Of course. Batman Returns. Yeah, I wish we were yes. doing a podcast about <laughs> Batman Returns. Maybe we'll do that during the holidays. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see if this one tanks first. <laughs> Okay, so tonight we're going to talk about our Batman memories and stories and all kinds of stuff about Batman from the summer of 89. Mm, you should start. Okay, here we go with my first Bat memory. Number one. Don't kill me, man! Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Yeah! Matt, did you go to the theater opening night to see Batman in 1989? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes, of course I did. Was your theater packed? Yes, of course. Of <laughs> course it was. <laughs> so I just remember heading to the theater, and I guess my parents didn't realize that it was going to be as huge as it was. Because we got there, and there was a line wrapped around the building totally nuts it was crazy and i remember it just being a hot night in june and we hopped online i had my batman t-shirt on of course mm -hmm. like before the movie even came out you know well, spencer gifts <laughs> yeah so then we waited online went into the theater and i just remember it being such a huge theater and it, it felt like a really big huge night and there was sort of like an electricity in the air mm -hmm. you know it's, it wasn't the same as just going to any movie there was something special you remember about that night well for one thing the demographics were so all over the place it wasn't like there was any one type of person who went to see batman on opening night it was friggin everyone yeah it was like you were going voting or something <laughs> Yeah, just exactly. a complete melting pot of, of disparate personalities congregating for the greater good. <laughs> yes, going to see Batman was like voting that night. I, okay. Okay, continue. <laughs> 
So as we walked into the actual theater, the usher was handing out these pamphlets. And it was there was like a three a trifold pamphlet. It was black and had a bat symbol on it. it said Batman. Did you get this pamphlet that what, night? What the fuck are you talking about? What pamphlet? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so got into the theater, got this pamphlet, right? And you're like, what is this, right? So you figure it's got to be some sort of advertisement. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at the uh, pamphlet, you open it up, you see like some advertisements for like uh, Young Einstein and Lethal Weapon 2, like a cross, cross promotional advertisement for other Warner Brothers movies. Okay. And then once you start opening it up, you're seeing an order form and, you know, you're seeing uh, merchandise, all Batman merchandise. Batman, Ooh. Batman clothes, Batman figures, Batman statues. I mean, this stuff was insane. So when I was a little kid in the theater before the trailers went on, I'm looking through this pamphlet, right? I can't believe you got a toy pamphlet. So get this. So they had Batman crashing through uh, a piece of glass, right? And it's like a suction cup that you connect it to like a window. Yeah. It looks like Batman is like crashing through your glass, right? So that was one of the pieces of merchandise. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. There was like a rhinestone airbrush Batman Joker jacket. Oh my god, that yeah. sounds like a dream come true. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't get a pamphlet like this. Is this pamphlet online anywhere? Oh yes, it goes so wait, you can't even hold on. Here's the best. So then they had Batman jams. Remember, like, those shorts? They called them jams. Oh, yeah, the shorts that were sort of, like, between your knee and your foot. <laughs> yes. I suppose that's true of many shorts. <laughs> Batman movie pamphlet. Wait, not yet. No, hold on, because it gets better. Okay. There, so that airbrushed rhinestone jacket was five hundred dollars, right? Five hundred. Oh my yeah, god! They, what are they fucking insane? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'd I'd literally kill a person for that jacket. Even <laughs> I wouldn't pay five hundred dollars. But I mean, even by today's standards, nobody would spend five hundred dollars on a jacket. I mean, well, yeah, well, uh, an airbrushed Batman Joker rhinestone <laughs> bedazzle jacket. Like, come on, let's let's face it. There's a pretty limited market for that. <laughs> So get this, all right? It had Heather Loggenkamp modeling a Batman bicycle outfit. First of all, I know who you're talking about, but is that how you pronounce her name? <laughs> Heather Loggenkamp. Yes. Really? Well, how it's would not, you? I would say I've always been saying Langenkamp. But it's not Langen. It's Loggen. It's like oh, it's, it's Kenny Loggenkamp. <laughs> God, you're right. <laughs> Okay, so she's obviously that's the the that's Nancy from Nancy from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and just the ten of us. So she was in there modeling what? A bicycle outfit, right? So she's got a like a tight tank top with a bat symbol on the front of it, of course, and she's got these little uh, black Batman biker shorts, and she's like looking longingly at the kid who's standing next to the guy who's got the rhinestone bedazzled Batman jacket on. What? What? <laughs> Let me look this up. Oh my god. What the fuck? This can't be real. This can't be. Oh my god. Oh my god. There she is. Oh my god, that's really her. What the fuck is she doing in this catalog? She had uh some degree of fame by then. 
Yeah. Well, she's just... It, wait a minute. It does say who she is. It does. Heather Longenkamp it's... from TV's <laughs> Just the Ten of Us. Yeah, she's like starring... She starred in the pamphlet. That's she's insane. Got, does she have a credit for this on IMDb? <laughs> <laughs> starring Bat Batman pamphlet. She is head-to-toe Batman. Mm-hmm. That's just wild. Oh my God! There's the jacket. <laughs> Holy shit! That's fucking awesome. Oh my God! That's so cool. It is. It is awesome. Oh, it is such an awesome look jacket. At, look at Joker with that extra big forehead. Receding <laughs> hairline, Joker. Yeah. Oh God! I can't. I'm so glad you brought. There's the Batman cracking through the window. Holy shit! You weren't kidding. I know, I That's know. Just this is the best thing I've it ever is, seen. It is amazing. Do you do you still have this in your collection? Absolutely, of course, in your uh, scrapbook. It is actually in the scrapbook. You're right. Yep, yep. It's in one of three. It's amazing. Oh yeah, and the pamphlet had other things like you know, like I said, the Batman toy line, some art that costs like an exorbitant amount of money. Uh, expensive statues, and then Bob Kane modeling his satin black Batman jacket and smiling proudly as if to say, I created Batman. And uh, he only half did, but that didn't come out till years later. <laughs> oh, God. So that was the Batman pamphlet from the uh, opening night of Batman. I know uh, this is in Batman circles. Everybody knows and, like, worships this pamphlet. So <laughs> it is just as amazing. So if you've never seen it, you have to check it out. Yeah. Wow. I I can't believe I've gone all these years never hearing about this. <laughs> this is the coolest thing. Like, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm not lying to you. I'm, like, literally <laughs> jealous. I'm just sitting here. Well, you know, I know you're just jealous of the jacket. And no, it's just like the idea of, well, it's not, I mean, it's a great pamphlet, but besides that, the idea of getting it handed over to you when you go sit down in a movie. <laughs> and the fact that I kept it since 1989 meant that I felt like it was a collector's item, you know? I'm surprised that giving away reading material in a dark movie theater didn't catch on. <laughs> Well, like I said, it wasn't completely the house lights run. They didn't put the previews on yet. So this is perfect timing. It's like a captive audience, you know? Yeah. But I'll tell you, I think, I guess, just real quick, going back to the Heather Loggenkamp thing, if, if once you look that up and you see Heather Loggenkamp is like looking at the dude with the jams, but the dude with the jams look like he's 12. Oh my God, and that's exactly... The, but, it's just an unfortunate. Uh, it's a trick of the eye because because no, I mean, the the rhinestone cowboy is like he is like pointing out Batman. Yeah, so, he is totally yeah. not noticing Heather yeah, at all. Yeah, like yeah. he couldn't he couldn't care less. <laughs> Meanwhile, and, you got this kid next to rhinestone jacket guy going, "Oh my god, oh my the girl god!" From Nightmare on Elm Street is on a fucking bike dressed like Batman. <laughs> Like, he understands the gravity of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Batman just hanging in the back. Yeah. Full uh, arms folded in an antisocial manner. Yeah. It's so typical. <laughs> what a great pick. Yeah, thanks. I was going to give you a round of applause for that. That was... Thanks. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. What do you have for us, Matt? Okay. What do you got for us, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Welcome to Regal Cinemas. 
So my first memory is of seeing the movie in theaters, not once, not twice, but seven times. Seven times? Seven times. And I'm not like exaggerating for the sake of a story. It really was seven times. Wow. And I'm 10 years old, so it's not like I had friends with cars. It's not like I could easily get to the movie theater. To see a movie that many times meant I had to tag along with like everybody I could possibly find, like even if I barely knew them. You mean like hitchhiking? No, it's just like if, you know, when you went down to the schoolyard with your real friends, there would always be those hanger-ons. Wait, were you from the wrong side of the tracks? No, I was, we were all from the right side of the tracks, but like, <laughs> there were certain kids you didn't like make a habit of spending real quality time with. Mm -hmm. But if I heard they were going to see Batman, I'm like, dude, let me come. I want to meet your family. <laughs> so you would just kind of latch on just to get the uh, Batman uh, experience with them. Like, I wanted to believe that I had seen that movie more than anyone else on the planet, which, of course, wasn't true. But when you're 10 and you live on an island, you can kind <laughs> of believe it. <laughs> so there are a few neat side effects of this. Mm hmm. For one thing, by like the fourth or fifth time, I could quote every last line in that movie. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yep. Yeah, like to this day, I think both of us, our vocabulary is just complete, <laughs> our vernacular is completely littered with quotes from Batman. <laughs> yes. It's like, I have not gone a day in 20 years without insisting that someone get me Lieutenant A. Gods. <laughs> <laughs> the other fun thing was that like by the sixth or seventh viewing, the movie didn't really hold that much interest for me anymore. Like I'd already seen it so many times. So I go and I get the ticket and I go sit down so I could say that I saw it again. Uh -huh. But then I just spend like the bulk of the two hours just wandering around the theater, playing arcade games and claw machines and like just treating it like my own little playground. That sounds like you. Yeah. Oh, so great. Like <laughs> I still love all the little side attractions at movie theaters, but during a normal movie going experience, you only get to mess with them for like two minutes. Back well, yeah. During yeah, because it's like you're just kind of like walking past and if you have a minute, you're lucky. Yeah, because you shouldn't really be leaving in the, during a movie, you know, because then you're spending however much money and then you're going out and playing an arcade game. Right. Well, unless like you're, you're 10, you're not really thinking about where money comes from. You're just, <laughs> you just want to get out of the fucking house. <laughs> but you've already seen the movie six times, so it's like, you know everything that's going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Let's go try out that electronic palm reader. <laughs> give me a quarter i'll tell you your fortune yeah god it was a lot of fun i have to say that thing used to get annoying i used to work in a movie theater and we would hear that over and over and over again that's right you did work at a theater <laughs> yeah but yeah so i didn't see it seven times in the theater i think i saw it probably at least four or five but i mean i never tired of that film and i still don't i could watch it till this day and never turn it off same. I think the only movie I've seen more times in theaters was Independence Day. But mm. this was the only time that I was making a point to keep seeing a movie. Mm -hmm. I saw Batman Begins five times in the theater, but it wasn't nearly as fun as this. No, <laughs> it really wasn't. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you got next? Okay, my next Bat memory is... Number three. 
Batman's battle against crime never ends. And now you can bring the action home. Batman, ha-ha, you missed. Yeah, but I only missed once. You can't escape Joker. Just watch if you can. Each item sold separately from Toy Biz. My next Batman memory has to do with the false advertising on the part of the Toy Biz action figure line. False advertising, really? Yes. Okay. So Toy Biz was a toy company who got the license to sell Batman action figures in 1989 to coincide with the Batman film. This is all true? The three action figures that were originally released were Batman, the Joker, and Bob the Goon to, you know, promote the film. And... These were like classic figures to a lot of kids from that era because those were the three figures that they went out to get once they saw the film. Well, I think those were two figures. Bob the Goon wasn't really high on many people's lists, but <laughs> that but every, Joker definitely. Everybody had him though. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know if that's true either, but okay. <laughs> he had that slow kick from yeah. his leg. <laughs> Bob Goon. Yeah. God, what a guy. <laughs> So the early promotional materials for these action figures were extremely misleading, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember the uh, advertisements for these action figures, but there was one specific one that appeared in comic books and magazines, and you probably will remember it. And it has Batman's head, like the action figure head. And, you know, it says Batman. And then at the bottom it says Toy Biz. Batman's head like the action figure. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm with you. Do you remember that? It's just that's that was the advertisement for well, the line. I'm, I'm not, but for the sake of argument, okay. yes, let's just say. I... Right, right. So the head was the same head from the Kenner Superpowers Batman action figure, right? And they painted it black. Mm. Okay, so immediately that struck a chord with not only myself, but tons of fans of the Superpowers Kenner action figure toy line from several years earlier right so we said oh my god this is the kenner batman figure the classic one that everyone remembers just painted black and it looked awesome so when the toy biz figure came out everybody was like what the hell is this crap you know so wait you guys were upset that they put the effort in to make it look like michael keaton no we weren't upset because he didn't look like michael keaton at all what i guess you're right kind of just looked like he nondescript like clay <laughs> He had a big chubby face and like... He looked like Bob the Goon in, in a Batman suit. <laughs> he did. So it wasn't until years later that they did the Dark Knight collection to make him look like Michael Keaton. But it was extremely disappointing to know that you weren't getting the black version of the Superpowers figure, right? Yeah, now that you mention it, I don't remember the ad, but that does sound pretty cool. Eventually, they came out with three different heads for the Batman figure and they increasingly got like closer to uh you know Michael Keaton's face. Oh that's right. Now I I yes, I do recall something about that. Yeah, but anyway, so this started me on this like long uh, lifelong mission. I'm always on some stupid mission. Yeah. And this was to find out if there ever actually was like a prototype or a, a black version of the Kenner Superpowers figure. So once I was able to do research and more recent times I came to find out that in Brazil, there's mm -hmm. a company called Estrella, and they make the Black Kenner uh, figure. It was like a limited figure. There wasn't like thousands of them. So if you see them on eBay, they're like $300. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've I, already bought one. Oh, I've had one for years. Of but course. like, I actually got a great deal on one. I didn't, I didn't go overboard like the He-Man sword. No, $295. <laughs> but one thing I will say for the 
Toy Biz line is that on the back they had little cutouts where, I don't know if you remember this, it was like Gotham Globe. And they had like little profiles for each figure. Yep, yep. The heroic so, Batman, the villainous Joker, the yeah. ambivalent Bob the Goon. <laughs> so this is when I would buy like two of each figure, <laughs> you know, keep one in the box. Yeah. You started young. <laughs> yeah. And so the one that I opened, I would cut out the, the profile card on the back and I kept them all in like a, almost like this like <laughs> recipe compartment. <laughs> It's like so ridiculous. Your little Rolodex of Batman profiles. (laughs) (laughs) Who do I want to learn more about today? (laughs) It's like my Bat file. I had it labeled and everything. My favorite figure from this line was that Bruce Wayne that came with the Batman suit. Was that part of the 89 portion or did that come out later? No, we'll see uh, the Toy Biz line. Uh, once they finished the Batman figures, then they went into um, DC superheroes, which were a lot of molds from the superpowers. But then after that, they lost the license or whatever. Kenner got it back, and Kenner started the Dark Knight collection. Oh, that's right. It was a Kenner figure. That's right. Right. Yes. And, and all the best, some of the best uh, came from the Dark Knight collection. That was a great line. Yeah. And, and that is where we would get a lot of our information, and that was the action toy guide. You know, like each kenner action toy guide would give you this like inside information oh, those things you know? are so good you would get them for free if you bought like a vehicle or a larger mm-hmm. toy right play set or something it'd be like the best part of getting a big toy was this little book it's seeing other toys that you wanted right yeah it was like a sears catalog during the off season <laughs> it was like mini version mm. it would get you psyched for all this stuff and you'd look through and you'd see dark knight collection and they had all kinds of different um stuff that you didn't have before but and and that leads me to the batmobile because the toy biz batmobile was one of these vehicles I, did you have this when you were a kid i've seen it i don't think I've, i don't think i had it but I've, i know what it is yeah so the batmobile didn't have a top uh it just had like a visor you know like a windshield yeah and that used to get to me so much because in the film you know the batmobile the, the canopy closes by itself right so finally, the Dark Knight collection came out with their Batmobile and it had a top, you know, to the car. So that's the one that I wanted. So then, of course, it was like a crusade to get this again. And so like, you had to you had to get both Batmobiles then. Yeah, the, but I didn't get the Batmobile when it was out. I got it years later because for some reason, that first run of the Kenner Batmobile from the Dark Knight collection was hard to find here. So I had to live with the Toy Biz one, which I couldn't stand. Yeah, that line in retrospect was pretty rushed. The, at least mm-hmm. the early stuff, it seemed. I mean, I liked it, but they obviously had to do it pretty quick. Yeah, they definitely rushed it all. And once they got into the superheroes and, and like they added like Robin and Wonder Woman and Riddler, like they were all repaints of like Kenner molds, but they did such a crappy job. Like the paint jobs were terrible. Oh, what about that fucking penguin from Batman <laughs> Returns? Like the old DC, like Batman serial no. style penguin. Yeah, but that's the Kenner line. And that was always a cool figure. Because oh, like, I'll have to cut that out then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number four. Isn't Bart sweet, Homer? He sings like an angel. So like I told you on a previous episode, my family always celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve. 
Right. So Christmas Day was really like nothing in my house. It was mm-hmm. actually kind of depressing. So I'd usually just go across the street to my best friend's house and just spend the day over there. Mm-hmm. So he was my age, he was in the same class, but he had two brothers. One was two years older and one was two years younger. And on Christmas morning in 1989, I had a ringside seat for all of this. Their parents got them the Batcave playset. Oh, yeah. As a combined gift. Oh. The, the Batcave playset was for all three of them. Oh, God. So imagine giving an 8, a 10, and a 12-year-old one gift to share oh, man. on Christmas morning, and it's the fucking Batcave. That, that's awful. A recipe for disaster. Oh, my God. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't seen this playset, it was basically this like big plastic rock mountain thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it did have some like delicate parts that had a crank rod and it had like a collapsible well, well, bridge. You know what? Wait, stop right there. Yeah. Stop right there. Yeah. Because the the crank rod, what the fuck is a crank rod doing in the back cave? <laughs> I I assume it's uh rod like, and cranks cranking rods. I don't know what the fuck is a crank rod. I just but, stole this uh description from online. I don't even fucking know what it is. So so the back cave, right? You got to hold your thought because this needs to be talked about. Okay. Batcave had a giant hole, which they touted as a bottomless pit. There was a crank that you're supposed to put like villains in, and you crank the, you slowly lower the crank. Yeah, you put a, you tie goes, them up with a little string, and you lower them into like the pit, right? It wasn't even. They had like a shoulder harness. Like there was some weird S and M shit going on, right? And then. <laughs> And then it says lower your the villain into the bottomless pit. And I'm like, when does Batman do that? <laughs> yeah. Quick, Robin, let's lower the Joker to the bottomless pit below the Batcave. And now that you mention it, yeah, that is a little strange. Like yeah. under what pretense will we get to this point in the story? <laughs> where someone is in a looped harness being lowered to his endless grave. <laughs> Yeah, That's pretty com- dark, even for the Dark Knight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there could be like gators down there. You don't know. Well, oh God, Whew, that sounds pretty cool. Actually. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, back back to the Batcave. Yeah, back to the. I can't even remember what the fuck story I was trying to tell here. Anyway, I had all, to, all I, the all the features of the. Let's get back to the features. All right. My point was the the features of the Batcave while crude we're still delicate enough to where you didn't want three kids grabbing at it yeah because the back computer would have like fell apart yeah like you you could snap pieces whatever there's like pegs and stuff Mm -hmm. so if you have three kids just like going ape shit trying to bogart this thing you know the shit is going to hit the fan yeah so they're all arguing and they're grabbing at the pieces and they're trying to push each other out of the way and i'm off to the side just being this like complete asshole iago trying to subtly steer the action just for my own amusement <laughs> trying to get them all like riled up <laughs> so eventually the oldest brother just takes the whole fucking playset and hurls it across the room <laughs> and my best friend's just like in tears ripping out his hair red face like just screaming oh, no no like just losing it and i'm on the couch like going yes fuck yes it's terrible. It's I know. I was such an <laughs> asshole kid. We're like, yeah, that thing was like very delicate because the back was made of cardboard. You know, those things. Yeah, could have just totally ripped off. And you would have just had a hunk of gray plastic. Well, I was just pissed off because like I didn't get a back cave. Oh, you know. You so I, if I was, so if I, I didn't yeah. get a back cave, I don't want anyone to have one. Yeah, fuck that. I was too focused on like Ninja Turtles in '89 to get much Batman stuff. But mm-hmm. man, that back cave looked like a lot of fun. 
But like the Turtles movie didn't really hit until ninety, right? Yeah, but the toys were already out from the cartoon. Course, from the cartoon, the cartoon was, over, sure. was like the hottest thing going. So yeah. if I had a shot at a toy, it was usually going to be a Ninja Turtle. Mm-hmm. Wow, when I saw that Batcave, that that Batcave was fantastic, and till this day, it is one of the better, cooler play sets, you know. But one thing it didn't have, uh, which is you know what the Kenner version has at. The uh, Wayne Manor was part of the Kenner version. It was called the Batcave Command Center. Oh, that's right. It got a little fancier in those later years. It did. It did. Kenner just makes everything better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if that really should have been their slogan. <laughs> with some happy kids playing with the Batcave <laughs> Command Center. Yeah. It would have to be in like acapella, but all sung by six-year-olds. Kenner makes everything better. <laughs> <laughs> you're up jay how can i follow that i think we should just end there uh, this has been the purple stuff podcast <laughs> number five you heard it folks 20 million and there will be entertainment the big dukeroo with me in one corner and in the other corner the man who has brought real terror to Gotham City, Batman. So my next bat memory has to do with me putting on a show for my poor parents. And I was basically acting out the entire Batman film for both my parents with my friend. And, you know, years later, I, I realized that this was probably not the most entertaining thing for my parents to uh, endure. <laughs> Wait a minute. So what? You, like acted out the movie in front of your parents <laughs> yeah so me and my friend of course were so obsessed and we like you like i had the whole movie memorized and so did he and at this point we're like we need to you know see if we could pull this off and act out the whole film so finally i invited my mom and dad down to watch and i i want to say they were good sports like they i think they got through maybe about 15 to 20 minutes, you know. <laughs> That's pretty gracious of them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, at this point, I'm like, we know this whole film. Until this day, I was watching it recently. I know the whole movie. Like, I know what they're going to say before they say it. It's, yeah. it's sick. I wish I could use that brain power for good things. You know, I just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just amazing to me. Like, if they watch the first, let's say, 15 minutes, that means they're watching you guys do the, like, Wayne Manor party scene. Yes. Which yes. has nothing interesting yeah. at all going on. Yes. It's like, give Knox a grant. <laughs> but, like, some of the best lines, it's like, a card, you know? Yeah, uh, I know. But it's just, it's hilarious to me that, like, they think they're even, like, they're not even getting a Batman play. They're getting all, like, the B players play. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of that. Where this went is, uh, I, I think it kind of softened them up because that summer we were driving to Wildwood. You know, I said, uh, Dad, how long will this drive be? And I think I kind of knew the answer. Yeah, everyone <laughs> learns the answer to that Wildwood trip question pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, I'm like, hmm, I bet I could do the entire Batman movie that time. <laughs> so, of course, they must have, like, totally facepalmed, you know? And, uh, Stuck in a car. Yeah. So, like, I started reciting the whole movie. And not even exaggerating, I'd say about 20 minutes, maybe even a half hour at best. They started to move on to other conversations, and they turned up the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I I was doing a one-man show back there. And uh, looking back, like, it, that's, like, sick, 
real sick stuff. Yeah. I got to say, it's it's painting a new picture of you in my head. <laughs> but, you know, next time we hang out, if you ever if you want to do that. Yeah, but the thing is, like, for me, like, this story isn't even that surprising. For me, it's more like things never change because your favorite pastime even now is showing people, like, all of your movies and skits. Yeah. Like, you're a cross between Spielberg and the guy who ran the experiment in A Clockwork Orange. <laughs> So it's it's actually kind of nice to know that this started when you were eight. Oh, I will say, yeah, some of the best times that I've had, like when we're hanging, it's like we're just sitting there quoting movies. And I think a lot of people can agree with that, though, because we're in a, a generation. Everybody loves to quote movies. Well, that movie especially, I don't know what it was about it, but it's like every freaking line. It, and, you know, it actually gets criticized for, for not being like a, a not well-written film. But I think it's ridiculous because some of the best dialogue in that film. So what are some of your favorite lines? Okay. Oh, boy. Hmm. Give me a second. Okay. You are my number one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that line that everyone tried to figure out what he was really saying because it was never quite clear. Yeah. You are I my mean, number one and I? And I, yeah. But it was also never clear when early on uh, with the thug in like the first scene, he says, uh, what are you? But I remember early on and like no one remembers this. I always felt like early on uh, with the sound editing before the actual real, uh, you know, further trailers came out. It used to sound like he said, who are you? And my friend and I used to argue about it all the time. Uh, but yeah, I think some of the audio editing in the original trailer was like very um, crude. Like it wasn't final audio. Mike, that's definitely possible. Okay, what are some of your other uh, favorite lines? you have any others? Hmm. Um... I, li I like when Ed Carter's like, he, like uh, that voice. He's like, where you been spending your nights? Yeah, he was so great in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Like such a minor character that meant so much. Yeah. Oh, God, can I tell you my Eckhart story? Yes. So, speaking of, we, we were talking about seeing Batman on the first, on the opening night. Yeah. So, I was there, and I was I saw it on opening night with my parents, and it was a packed theater, same mm -hmm. as you. Mm -hmm. So, you remember the part where uh, fucking Joker, before he's the Joker, shoots Eckhart? Yep. So, Eckhart, like, falls back, does that pratfall, hits the wall, and dies. Yeah. Someone in the theater left out, like, a really sincere, aww. <laughs> And I was, he was like, and I'm Ted, I'm so mad. I'm like, don't you understand? That was a bad man. You don't all over Egghart. It's like, what is it, 30 years later? I'm still fucking pissed off about this. You know, the opposite happened to me when um, in a similar film, we went to see The Shadow. And, and some dude falls off a building, and I'm sitting with my friend, and we're laughing hysterically. But it was totally serious. <laughs> the guy dropped, like, a million feet from the top of a building, and we're laughing hysterically. Yeah, well, I got to say, when you describe it, it sounds pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me, tell me when you pass by a mirror, you don't say, maybe it should be Bruce Vane. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pass by a mirror without thinking that. Speaking of passing... Uh... Have you ever passed the salt? Can you please pass the salt? <laughs> I would pass Vicky Vale the salt any day. Vicky Vale. I wish she would have returned in the... Uh... No, I don't. You know, it is weird that they went to Batman Returns and they didn't even mention anything about her. Well, they did. Alfred brought her up indirectly. Indirectly, yeah. That's as as he is wont to do. Yes, you're correct. You're correct. Another one of my favorite lines is when 
when Bruce is talking to Vicky Vale in her apartment and trying to explain to her and reveal that he's Batman, yeah, some of that is so genius. Like I've used it at least ten or twelve times talking to a girl, you know. And he's like, "My life is really." complex and he's explaining how a normal person gets up and eats breakfast and goes to work mm -hmm. <laughs> like like what is he talking about yeah he just wants to say he's batman so then she she goes to get the door because the doorbell's ringing and it's the joker but he's bruce is still there like mouthing i'm batman <laughs> so yeah i mean it's, it does kind of get like american psycho there for a minute <laughs> it really does and then you I... wouldn't return my phone calls you must be some kind of Jerk. Look, you're a real nice girl and I like you a lot, but for right now, shut up. Number six. New and improved Joker products with a new secret ingredient. Smiley. What is it? Now, let's go over to our blind taste test. Love that Joker. I was obsessed with the Joker as a kid. Completely obsessed. My whole attraction to this movie was all because of him. And rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved Michael Keaton as Batman, but Nicholson's Joker is really all I was there for. And it wasn't just that I, like, I was appreciating the character. I wanted to be the Joker. Like, I didn't want to kill people. I didn't want to, like, do crime or whatever. I just loved the fashion. <laughs> You love the purple. I did, and, and that's what led to this next part. So for some long ago family event, I needed a new suit, and despite my mother's protest, I refused to get one that wasn't the same level of purple as the Joker suit. Wait, wait, this was like a family event? Yeah, like I needed a new suit for some like upcoming family thing, mm -hmm. and I would not get any suit that wasn't Joker purple. <laughs> like I refused, flat out refused. You know, like you're an asshole if you're a little kid going suit shopping, so... Did you get it at Kids or Us? I don't know where I got it, but when I did, it was bright, grapey purple. <laughs> it's like awesome. whenever someone in my family busts out a really old photo album, it isn't long before I find that string of pictures of me looking like just a goddamn idiot. Like I look like a background dancer from the club scene in New Jack City. You look like whoever plays Grimace under the costume when he does personal appearances without the costume on. Yes, just it's like Grimace took the mask off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she only bought it for family occasions, but I had completely different ideas. Like, you talked about childhood cosplaying on a previous show. Mm -hmm. This was my chance. So whenever I was, like, the only person home, put on the whole suit. <laughs> and then because I didn't have any, like, Halloween face paint or whatever... I'd use my mother's cold cream and <laughs> lipstick to give myself Joker makeup. Oh, that that's actually frightening. Yeah. So, like, you've, you've seen cold cream, right? It's goopy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, my face looked like a fucking pie. So, I'm home alone. Wait, did you say goopy? It's goopy. <laughs> oh, that, that word is so good. Yeah, it's a good word. <laughs> goopy. It's goopy good. Okay, sorry. So on one of these uh, occasions, I'm downstairs in my full Joker outfit with the cold cream and the lipstick and the purple suit. And I'm like standing in front of like a full length mirror, just like, you know, it's quoting Joker and trying to look frightening. And that's Wait, what happens yeah. when you're like a kid with no friends. But I picture your face looking like the girl gremlin. <laughs> it was much worse, Jay. It was so much worse. It was like, oh, my God. I don't even know how to describe it. It looked like a 
You ever see? It looked like a bowling pin, basically. <laughs> like a bowling pin wearing a purple uh, purple suit. <laughs> so I'm downstairs, like, in this full fucking nonsense outfit, and I hear someone come through the front door. And I think it's just my parents, so I go, like, spring out to Batman. scare them. What's that? Batman. Yeah, it was Batman. <laughs> no, but it was actually worse than Batman. Because uh -oh. I think it's just my parents, and I, like, jump through the, like, side door to, like, scare them. Mm-hmm. And it is them, but they're there with two of our neighbors. It, oh, yeah. So, like, at that point, they had no idea that they were living, like, so close to a complete fucking psychopath. Oh, so they saw you like this. Well, I jumped out and went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in a fucking suit. It's summer. I'm in a suit, and that would be bad enough. And uh, But I'm covered, you know, my whole head's covered in cold cream. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you used, like, flour or something. No, least. I mean, like, they you had to see these. Oh, they're just staring at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> so th th they came in. They were, like, visiting. They were having coffee or whatever they were doing. And I just hid downstairs. Like, I'm just sitting there in the suit, and it's so hot. And I got cold cream melting all over my face. Art does not come without a price. <laughs> I have to say, I know that reaction from people. I know that exact reaction that you got from them. <laughs> yeah, it was... <laughs> I don't like seeing that look on people's faces. <laughs> Were you like acting out his uh, Jack Nicholson's movements that when he was on top of the uh, 200th anniversary <laughs> cake? <laughs> no, I mean, it was like, it wasn't even like I was acting like the Joker. I was just giving them a generic like boo. Yeah. So it, it kind of made it all the weirder because I'm dressed as like the Joker, but I'm snarling like a tiger. <laughs> ah! <laughs> You were a rabid joker. Oh, a rabid joker. Wasn't that one of the Kenner figures? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. All right, that, was, yeah. that was great. I'm going to close the door on that, that chapter there. <laughs> Uncovering some uncomfortable memories. Yeah, huh? There's going to be a lot of bleeps in this episode. Number seven. My next Batman memory is the soundtrack for Batman by Prince. So good. I mean, that's debatable because a lot of people will contend that it was a bad choice for Batman. You know, it didn't make sense to have Prince do the soundtrack, but it was a big hit. They had Bat Dance, right? So this was like the entire summer to me was defined by that album and Bat Dance and the video for mm, Bat Dance. God, the video is nuts. Mm -hmm. Before we get to the video... It was one thing where a lot of fans would say, well, why did they get Prince? Now, the original idea, apparently, according to various websites and Wikipedia, Michael Jackson was originally the choice. Really? To, yeah, to do like love ballads for the movie. But they uh, couldn't get Michael Jackson because he was had a lot of touring commitments at that point. So they said, well, um, let's get Prince, right? So Tim Burton put a couple of Prince songs in the early cut of the film, and then they eventually made a deal with him, so he made all original music and made the soundtrack. So, of course, it was really big for me that summer. Loved all the songs, maybe except for a couple were kind of like 
few duds on there, but for the most part, it's a great album. And one thing that uh, it's fun to look back on is that, you know, five years previous to Batman coming out, he had Purple Rain out, which was a huge movie and a huge album. So this is one of the reasons why, like, it takes so many years to make a movie. And then by the time it comes out, it's like Prince was kind of waning, you know? Yeah. But I don't know, man. He did such a good job on that album. Like, yeah. This and not a- even just, like, judging it in the arena of Batman music. I mean, it's just some of those songs are really good. They really are, yeah. So, Trust and Party Man. Like, you don't mm-hmm. have to even be a Batman fan to love those. And, like, especially Bat Dance is a good example because this video and the song is, like, amazeballs, as they say, right? So Prince, it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> very, very wild. Yeah. So Prince plays, like, half Batman, half Joker character. And uh, there's, like, a troop of Batwomen and a troop of blonde girls that are supposed to be Vicky Vale. And then, like, one of the girls lifts her dress up a little bit, and you see, a, like, a tattoo on her leg of Batman, and then the other girl has a tattoo of the Joker. It's it, it's insane, right? Yeah, and, it was. And, it was completely fucking nuts. Yeah, and Prince is, like, tearing up and shredding the guitar. So it, it's not even, like, a real song. It's just, like, a bunch of beats and sound bites and guitar riffs. But, like, the minute you hear that, it takes you right back to summer of 89, and, and you feel the summer. Right. When I was doing some research on this song for the show, I came across another tidbit that in November of 2013, an unreleased mix of this song leaked onto the internet featuring a rap by Big Daddy Kane. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I've lived my whole life and I didn't know this. And this information came out like wow, about three years ago already. So is this a true story? Yeah, this is a true story. It's just I can't get a hold of the song. Mm. So this is my next, uh, you know. <laughs> next on your list of ridiculous quests. <laughs> if anybody has it who's listening to the purple stuff <laughs> it was all leading up to this moment this is the whole reason you were doing the show to begin with <laughs> let's do a batman 89 show sure jay <laughs> i'll get on a half hour in <laughs> all right you're up next matt okay my next memory is number eight now with Batman, the serial And nothing can slow him down. Nothing can stop him from bringing it to you. It's here. A smashing taste. A honey nut flavor part of your complete breakfast. Batman cereal. My next memory is all about Batman cereal. Loved Batman cereal. Yeah, I know we've both said some pretty harsh things about Ralston on a prior show. <laughs> but when they did something right, they did it so right. Although, it would have been nice to get a couple of marshmallows in there. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it was just basically bat-shaped Captain Crunch, but that's not so bad. Yeah, I mean, there are worse things, but yeah. still. I mean, I mean I compared was... to some of the other things Ralston's done, <laughs> I mean, we should be counting our blessings that, you know, we, at least we didn't die. It wasn't dog food. It wasn't dog food, and it didn't have, like, uh, I don't know, pineapple like dried pineapple and ham chunks or something <laughs> i don't know never before nor since has a cereal just seemed so impossibly cool like the package looked more like a movie poster than a cereal box well that's because it was the movie poster <laughs> well th- there you go <laughs> so i was just trying to picture what it was like to see that sleek motherfucker in an aisle full of leprechauns and bees and cartoon tigers like Holy shit, if you were a kid in 1989, you had to buy Batman cereal. (laughs) 
I feel like it was cool, but still at the same time, it was it wasn't classic enough to be looked at as you know some of these other ones we've talked about. Really, I'm surprised to hear you say this. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not look, objectively. If I'm looking at the cereal, cereal sucks. Yeah. The box is kind of basic. Blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. But mm -hmm. if you're a kid in '89, the Batman Summer, come on. Yeah, no, it was. It came at the right time. I mean, they just threw it out there. I have fond memories of it. I'm not kidding. They, I, you know, the bank, right? <sighs> Don't just throw out the bank like it's some <laughs> inconsequential novelty. I have a whole prepared speech about the bank. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah. Yes. Probably even more remembered than the cereal was the bank, the big plastic <laughs> Batman bank. It came shrink wrapped on the box and was basically like getting a 12 inch Batman figure that had its legs blown off. <laughs> Paraplegic Batman. Yeah, it was flimsy and it could barely stand up. But as far as cereal prizes went, just absolutely extravagant. <laughs> like most cereals gave you tiny stickers or like rubber stamps. This was something you could theoretically see in a toy store for $5. At least five or six. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like you'd be like, oh, five bucks for this, but you'd buy it. <laughs> okay. So the weird thing about Batman cereal, though, is that you could still find so many boxes of it on eBay. Yeah. Like yeah. it. And they're like five bucks. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just one or two. Like there are literally dozens of boxes of sealed Batman cereal on eBay all the time. <laughs> So, like, sometimes I'll see these YouTube videos where a guy will yank out a box of Batman cereal and act like he's found the Ark of Covenant. And I'm like, I dude, think... anyone who fucking knows anything about old food knows that this is $5 and is always available. Batman cereal is the, like, starter Pokemon of old food collecting. You know what? It seems to me like it's still being manufactured. It must be. Secretly somewhere. Yes, you know? it, I know where, and so do you. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Where? Axis Chemicals. Ah! <laughs> They're totally lying about there being no tropical oils. <laughs> oh, man. It's amazing that you could repackage Captain Crunch in a different shape and give it a completely different vibe. Yeah. I, and you're right. The cover of this Batman cereal box... It was classy. It looked like it was 14 karat gold. It did. It, rhinestones. Yeah, rhinestones, just richness, glossiness. Well, this is what I'm saying. I'm like, you're in the cereal aisle at a supermarket. It's just bright colors and bullshit. Oh. And then there's fucking Batman. <laughs> bright colors and bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Bright colors, bullshit, and Batman. Yeah, and if you're going to pick from one of those bees, which one are you going to pick? <laughs> Number nine. Batman is back in some of the most explosive stunts Hollywood has to offer. So come feel the heat at the all-new Batman Stunt Show, only at Six Flags. Bigger than Disneyland and closer to home. My next Bat memory has to do with the Six Flags Great Adventure theme park, which I know you've been to, right, Matt? Of course, I've been there with you. <laughs> well, they have Batman the Ride which has been there since 1993. Mm -hmm. But shortly before that, they had the Batman stunt show spectacular. Yes. Big time show that was. It was. It was huge. And the summer of 1992 had this stunt show uh, as a first for the whole Six Flags Great Adventure company, right? 
So that same year that Batman Returns came out, they said, let's base a stunt show off of Batman. But the thing is, is that it's based off the first film because Batman Returns was coming out later that summer. Right. So this is still on target for the Purple Stuff podcast tonight. Exactly. This show had legs, right? It kept morphing every time a new Batman movie came out. Wow. That's smart. Yeah, so, uh, like, you know, when they did Batman Forever, they changed the villains to, you know, Riddler and Two-Face and whatnot. So, uh, one of the things that uh, Great Adventure did was that occasionally there'd be, like, some sort of live show, almost when you've seen, like, shows like Indiana Jones. Right. So, they did this live stunt show inside of, like, a sort of a semicircle type arena where they had Axis Chemicals set up. I want to say it's like a amphitheater, we'll say that. Yeah, it's basically, like, where you would see, like, a live dolphin show at an aquarium. Exactly, without the water. Without the water and probably without the dolphin. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, we're in for it, right? We're seeing this host come out and he's explaining that, you know, they're going to show us how they film scenes to some of these Hollywood movies, right? They come out and they start doing all these crazy stunts like Vicky Vale's out with uh, these motorcycle guys. Like they're supposed to be like the Joker's henchmen. Right. So they keep doing this and they're showing off like explosions and, uh, you know, uh, the motorcycles are crashing and it's pretty neat. It's pretty basic stuff. But then some stuff starts to happen. And remember, this is a big deal, right? Because in 1992, there wasn't anything like this, you know, around. And this was based off Batman. So it was a big deal. Right. Batman's popularity was still soaring by 92. Yeah, exactly. And so, like I said, Axis Chemical backdrop, there's real costumes. The Joker came out and he had uh, long green hair. He actually looked more like Heath Ledger Joker. I've seen clips of that Joker and it, it's really odd. He looks almost like a scarecrow. Yeah, he looked like uh, like Heath Ledger Joker or like, uh, yeah, like a Joker-styled scarecrow. I don't know and, why they did that. And yeah, he had a, uh, a cackle like the Crypt Keeper and... The voice sounded a lot like the Crypt Keepers, actually. So, um, but yeah, so the Joker crashes a press conference and he chases around Vicky Vale. And, um, you know, there were zip lines. And, you know, we all know my deep affinity for zip lines. Yep, yep. And crank rods. And... <laughs> so there's like explosions, human cannonball gimmicks. Uh, you know, and Joker had his own dune buggy. But, oh, that's cool. Yeah, the, the big deal was the chance to see the Batmobile up close in real life. Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah, because it may sound ridiculous because you could probably see that Batmobile like at local car shows in the springtime. But Yeah, you can now, but back then. Back then, this was like before, like the car didn't make personal appearances back then at no. all. And it was like, this car was showing off. It was driving by itself like a million times in a circle in the dirt. It was like a kid like who was having a sugar rush got a hold of a remote control <laughs> car and went to town, you know? Yeah, just like driving around in circles nonstop. And eventually Joker steals the Batmobile. And like there's enough pyro in the show to make you feel like you were seriously in actual imminent danger, which was like <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I still have my um, camera. Like, you know your old 35 millimeter cameras? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like I remember getting like when I first had my own camera, I took like a ton of pictures. And like every photo was is like exactly the same. And they both of them have like this couple in front of me. So like I got this Italian dude's shoulder <laughs> and his wife who was like. Looked like she was on, like, you know, the Housewives of New Jersey. Right, right. <laughs> now they're emblazoned on these photos, like, for my entire life. So I feel like I know them. Yeah. Yeah, you've <laughs> spent 30 years with Gertrude and Harry. Yeah, Gertrude and Harry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. wonder what they're up to today. 
They're probably reminiscing about the Batman stunt spectacular. Yeah. How many hours have you spent looking at their picture and pondering whether or not they're still alive? <laughs> She'd be about 86 now. <laughs> 86 so maybe no, uh no they were younger uh, but yeah no there's no they probably they probably are just divorced right or, right not dead divorced you know it's funny you mentioned these pictures because while i did not see the show and mm -hmm. i did not even go on the coasters until long after they were already old news mm -hmm. i used to love just walking around six flags great adventure to see like those little hints of axis chemicals that they kind of position around the park yeah, and the, yeah, the exterior of the um, little arena that they built also looked like it was like Gotham City and everything. They right. had little nuances around the park, like you said, where it made it look like Gotham and Axis Chemicals. It was really neat. Yeah, and those were actually some of the first pictures I can remember taking. The only thing I would do in Great Adventure because I was too big of a baby to go on like any real coaster. Mm -hmm. I just like walk around like, oh god, there's Batman stuff right there. I take, take 18 pictures of that Batman thing right there. And even cooler than like some of the stuff that they intentionally put around, they had stores that were basically like little offshoot Warner Brothers stores. Right. They sold all kinds of like DC Comics collectibles and Warner Brothers stuff. And till this day, they still have that stuff in their stores. Like it's amazing because I know a lot of stuff goes online. Like you'll see on Twitter, people reminiscing about the Warner Brothers store, you know? Yep. And they obviously don't exist anymore. So the only outlet I have like that is going to Six Flags and buying cool stuff. Yeah, that's totally true. I didn't think about that. The trickle down effect from the popularity of Batman was just sort of giving you these geek festival places popping up everywhere yeah totally so, like and suddenly you could buy like comic books and toys if you went to buy like bread and milk yeah and and you know you brought up like we were talking about on the ghostbusters podcast about how this is never bad when you do a movie like this again because it always brings up the coolest stuff so if you think about it in 89 the last time people were able to experience that hysteria for batman was 1966 so yeah, well, like our our lives never really had any bat craze up until that point. Right, exactly. So when that happened, it, it just brought out the resurgence of, like you said, comics and toys and food promos and all kinds of merch. And, and it was actually released on the 50th anniversary of Batman. So it was like double the reason to get crazy about this stuff. Yep. So it was like an influx of all kinds of cool merch. And then we're going to hopefully experience it again with Batman versus Superman coming out. Who knows? We should. We already have a cereal. Yeah, the cereal was kind of a letdown. Did you try it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. Uh, you know, I've passed it in Target, and I've like actually had it in my cart. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, Ugh, it doesn't look special enough to me. I like the covers of the, you know, the boxes, but I mean, the cereal itself, they went with these odd flavors. So Superman was caramel crunch and Batman was like chocolate strawberry. I don't know. It was very weird. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't hold the candle to the 1989 Batman cereal from Ralston. Mm, no tropical oils. <laughs> Number 10. Talk about white meat. I just saw a turkey. It was Batman. Hey, Willard, nice outfit. <laughs> There's always a joker in the deck. There's always a cardboard clown. 
The poor laughing fool falls on his back, and everyone laughs when he's down, especially Batman! <laughs> My final memory is about the time Joker appeared at the 1989 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, gosh. Oh, yes. This was really <laughs> a thing that happened. <laughs> and trust me, it was even stranger than it sounds. Yeah, you have to describe this for everyone. Cause <laughs> doing, I'm doing the sign of the cross before I actually get into the meat of this. So you'd think Joker would be there to be part of like a Batman float. Like right. you'd have like a costume Batman dude swoop down and like shadow kick him in the face and muck for the camera and that would be it. Yeah. But that's not how it went down at all. No. Batman wasn't even there. <laughs> it was just the Joker and he's on like some random elephant themed float that had nothing to do with Batman or yeah. him. I was going to ask you about this float. Now, like, what the fuck is going like on here? A weird mouse elephant that looks like it was like deteriorating from old age. Yeah. What is that? And it had nothing to do with the Joker. No, it wasn't like, I mean, I don't know. Was it possibly like based on one of the balloons? And it wasn't even the real Joker. Well, <laughs> Trust me, we're gonna we're gonna tackle that one in a second. But yes, just to start off, he was on a float that was very incongruous with a person of Joker's magnitude. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, just so people don't know, it's not the the float in the film where it, it's like a cake and it says two hundred. No, 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 it's yeah. nothing like that. And there's like random kids on it, so it's like not even a threatening float. Well, it sounds more threatening now that Joker's on a float with a bunch of kids. Well, I mean, maybe so, but this was Joker name only. I mean, obviously, they were not going to get Jack Nicholson. Let's let's put him aside. He's not going to do the fucking Macy's Day Parade. But they couldn't even give him, like, the real costume. Well, this was like a knockoff costume with, like, random colors. It was, everything about it was a little random. Um, instead of going with anything even remotely Joker-esque, Joker just sings this, like, weird clowny song that has nothing to do with, oh like, God, Gotham yes. City or, or anything. That song was so stupid. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh, my God, if I saw somebody, like, singing this on the street, I'd just fucking, like, kick them. <laughs> it was such a bad song. It was, like, like offensively stupid. Well, I mean, especially, and let's, let's be fair. If you watch it now, it's objectively kind of cute, and you understand that they had to make Joker appeal to a, a broad variety of audiences. Yeah, but if you're was... a fucking 10-year-old, 1989, you're like, what the fuck is this? He's the world's fully functioning homicidal artist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you're sitting there watching him, and your, your mouth is kind of just, like, draped open, and you're trying to figure out how an officially sanctioned Joker appearance could pack so little punch. <laughs> but, I mean, it got even weirder. It, it did. Somehow, it got even weirder. So just before Joker starts singing, the hosts ask us to guess his secret identity, sort of. Mm -hmm. So the implication is that, like, some actor everyone knew was under that face paint. Right. So I'm sitting there, and I'm staring at him. I'm trying to narrow it down, and I'm running through my mental Rolodex of, like, theatrical actors. <laughs> this is our second mention of a Rolodex. Today. Yeah, yeah. It's a Rolodex-heavy <laughs> episode. <laughs> So I'm like, you know, I'm picturing these kind of like A-listers or at least B-listers. And at the end of the video, they uh, they cut to a little like pre-recorded video. And it turns out that the Joker is being portrayed by Fred Travellina. Yeah. Now, no, Fred, Fred's had a pretty good career in movies and stage acts and whatnot. Comedian, like impersonator. Yeah, he's, he's had, he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's certainly more successful than I'll ever be. But if you're a fucking 10-year-old Batman not watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and they tell you there's someone big under this mask and you, you find out it's Fred Travellina, what's your first reaction? Who the fuck is Fred Chavalina? <laughs> yeah, but the worst part is that, like, they made it, like, 
who's really the Joker? Who's really the Joker? What like, big, is it Robin Fred Williams? Travelina? Is it Bill Murray? Yeah. No, it's Fred fucking Travelina. <laughs> but like, if it was Jim J. Bullock, everybody would mark the fuck out. Yes, of course, because you know. But it was Fred Travelina. Fred Travelina. Like... <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm like we're mostly kidding. Getting the Joker in any incarnation was just great. Fred Travelina. Doing, a, like, a less-than-mediocre Jack Nicholson impression. Man, Fred Travellina. Um, <laughs> I don't think he took that show on the road, i got to say. <laughs> this was not his finest work. But, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't follow Nicholson. Yeah, I mean, but still. I mean, Christian Slater does a pretty good job. Listen to listen to this. Listen to this. This I'm going to give you the pitch that Fred Travellina got back in 89. Okay. We want you to go out there and do Nicholson's Joker but make them appeal to old ladies and small children. <laughs> and here's your lyrics. We're titling this one, The Worst Song Ever Written. <laughs> Actually, you know what they said, Tim? They just said two words. Yuppie clown. <laughs> <laughs> Yuppie clown. It, it was so bad. It was just so bad. I mean, like, I watched it today just to, like, brush up, and it's not that bad. Don't you love how, like, if, you, like, like, you brushed up? I brushed the, up I on Joker's that. appearances at old Macy's Day parades, <laughs> and it wasn't, like, offensively bad. It was just not what a 10-year-old kid or a 9-year-old kid who's obsessed with the movie version of the Joker wanted. Right. It's definitely not what I wanted. No. And yet, somehow, that Joker from the parade was, like, a hundred times creepier. Yeah. But no, it was kind of a letdown, because you want the Joker to be a villain. You don't want him to be, like, you love to see the things he does and says in, in that movie. You know? Right, but I mean, let's face it, it's, it's the it's the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Like, what is he going to do? Is he going to, like, let the gas out of the balloons? No, my balloons. He's yeah. got my balloons. He's not gonna. I mean, he's not gonna kill everyone. It's, it's pretty limited what he could do. I guess like singing a really terrible song was about it. I know, but I just think they really could have just gave him a, a giant cake to stand on and dance around to a Prince song. That would have been a hundred times better. Now that I think about it, yes. <laughs> and he's and he'll give away free money. <sighs> You know, Matt, here's a little bonus Bat memory for you that mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to throw in. So I actually met Batman. Really? Yeah. And do you know where I met him? Where? On the Wildwood Boardwalk in 1989 at Castle Dracula. Oh, wow. And I have a picture of it, too. <laughs> Batman at Castle. Wait, now that you mention it. Yeah. He was there. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was there. I mean, I wouldn't go within like 100 feet of Castle Dracula as a 10-year-old. Scared the fuck out of me. But I do remember seeing Batman there. Yeah, he made, like, personal appearances. like and he Yeah, was... well, I, personal appearances. The fucking peer bought a suit and said, stand the fuck over here so we get some people to go in this goddamn 50-year-old <laughs> haunted house. And it worked. So, get this, though. They used a Polaroid camera, right? And then they gave you the thing, and he signed it to Jay from... Batman. <laughs> now, did he put Batman in quotes? I think he even drew a little bat signal. I gotta, I gotta dig that up. Oh man, is it like a glossy eight by ten of him? No, it's a Polaroid. You said it's a tiny Polaroid. That's almost as good. <laughs> yeah. 
And the best part is you were like, if I recall correctly, like four steps from McDonald's. So after you were done with Batman, you can go eat a fucking cheeseburger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been an awesome purple stuff tonight, Matt. I think it has. Out of all the Bat memories, mm -hmm. what do you think stands out the most for you? All right, I'll pick from your list. Okay. It's a cheating, of course, to pick from mine. Yeah. And I think the the most uh, J-centric memory coming from you <laughs> is, of course, the performance of Batman <laughs> in cars, you know, on, on makeshift stages in the basement, <laughs> on kitchen chairs. I was like the Shakespeare of uh, the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, I mean, you just think of the destruction left in your wake. <laughs> oh, man, it is kind of embarrassing to think back that I actually had the balls to do that, to wrangle up a makeshift audience. Like, yeah. hey, hey, watch. Well, let me ask you, just to go back, like, did you even play, like, uh, let's say, Commissioner Gordon and Vicki Vale? And yes. did you use, like, different inflections to be based on who you were voicing? Well, no, I, if we did Vicky Vale, we didn't like put on like a falsetto or anything like that. You know, really? like, also, you were only yeah. half dedicated then. Yeah, I mean, well, it was a little bit difficult to uh, <laughs> to uh, have a, you know, a versatile acting ability back then since I had no professional training. I didn't attend Juilliard at that point. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but if I had to pick from your list, I would say that my favorite is your purple suit. <laughs> your joker purple the worst suit. thing is like and your makeup job yeah i mean it's like the worst thing about all of that is it's it's all true it's all fucking true it's like if anything i'm downplaying it it like i i, I don't know why i feel the need to broadcast these things because i think they're the kind of things that are still shameful after several decades there's nothing shameful about that story uh, i don't i think some might disagree with you on that one <laughs> Although when you said boo to her, to those people, like, I feel like that was like the boo when the Joker says boo after he gets the water. No, I, I said, I, when I said that I said boo, I said that I said boo metaphorically. I told you what I actually said oh. was, ah! <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. I mean, this was not a, a fine moment for me. <laughs> it wasn't a career defining moment. No, it's not on the resume, put it that way. <laughs> So when you were in your uh, when you were in your Joker costume, were you like, did you do any lines? Yes, I did. I did pretty much every line of his that I could remember, and and then I added a few that I thought were in the spirit of the Joker, such as "You put down that basketball, or I'm gonna take your head off," or <laughs> "I see you walking down the street, I'm gonna kick your ass," or or "I have a gun and I'm not afraid to use it." You know, real clever stuff. It was it was pretty heavy. <laughs> I don't remember those lines. Yeah, they, they were, well, no, no, no. I, I'm just saying you, you could see those lines being in the movie, though, couldn't you? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally on brand. <laughs> Did you say this house needs an enema? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I loved it because I used to quote that all the time. I had no fucking idea. Like, I think every kid just had some vague idea that it had something to do with asses. Yeah. But it's like not like we knew what an enema was. Yeah. <laughs> like I would just picture like a turkey baster and it kind of just be like, what is going on? I don't know what the fuck this is about, but it sounds funny. I I'll had, say it too. I had no idea what an enema was at yeah. that point. But I mean, you said yeah. the word like 10 times a day at that time. 
But, you know, the same thing is going to be like when kids watch it now and they're like, well, what's a phone book? Because Joker is like trying to find Vicky Vale's phone number and he goes to Bob the Goon. He's like, phone book. Yeah, but I think we can agree <laughs> that phone book is a safer Google search than an anima for, for a six-year-old. Yes. <laughs> well, that was the Purple Stuff podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. And I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. And we'll see you next time. Same purple time, same purple channel. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.